the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And we have got a weird episode for you today. A super weird episode. In fact, it's all weird. It is all weird science. That's right. We are going to talk the 1985 weird science John Hughes film. We're going to talk the mid-90s weird science show that aired on USA. And then we're going to take a crack at recasting weird science. Uh, We thought this would be fun. Like, I actually, this was one of those things where we're doing, like, Mm all-in-one situations. But it's actually one where I actually watched both of these. I saw the Weird Science movie uh, when I was younger. I definitely watched that that show on USA. And so it's like, okay, I I feel nostalgic for both of these properties. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch the movie as much. I can't honestly can't remember when the last time was that I watched the movie before this time. I do remember seeing it all the way through, but it's probably been, uh, if not years, decades since the last time I saw the movie. Yeah. Well, the TV show as well, but I, I remember the TV show better than I did the movie. See, it's fun. I'm I'm with you there too. The biggest property or the the most well known thing is definitely the movie. But the thing I'm actually probably most nostalgic for is the show. I watched I think the show before I ever watched the movie. I'm the exact same way. In fact, that's why I put it on the list because yeah, I remember I was because I remember the TV show. Yeah, yeah, that's which is pretty interesting. I think most people uh, would be surprised by that. But yeah, it was I mean popular enough show, and we'll talk about it come that time. But um. Yeah, pretty excited to talk this all weird science episode. So, uh, 1985, a year we have done many times because it's the best year ever. Uh, the year <laughs> I was born, and I will bring that up almost every time. But, uh, John, could you please take our minds back to that fantastic year? A lot of good movies came out in 1985. Uh, this particular one was released on August 2nd, 1985. The Billboard Top 100 single for that week was Every Time You Go Away by Paul Young. Every time you go away. Is that the the song? Yep. That song. Good song. Probably an underrated song. It was, you know, it's a good song. It's not an, you know, it's not an amazing song, but any, it's, it's a song that anytime it came on the radio or something like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't skip it. I just let it run. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even remember, even though you said his name a second ago, I still don't even remember who did it. Paul Johnson. (laughs) Paul Young. Paul Young. See, there you go. But (laughs) the song is memorable and is a very good song. Yep. Uh, topping the Nielsen ratings, no surprise for 1985, was The Cosby Show. Yep. Uh, the New York Times bestseller was a book called Skeleton Crew by Stephen King. Not one of the ones I've read of his. Um, okay. I've read a good number of his books, and his books really are that good. I mean, okay. he's, he's he writes a lot, so I'm sure some of them are going to always be better, or better than others. But uh, all the ones I've read have actually been really, really good. And not even like horrifying, just really well written. Okay. In uh, July of 1985, Sega released an arcade game called Hang On, which as far as I could tell, I could be incorrect on this, was the first motocross game or motorcycle game to actually include 
the bike that you swivel on, you actually sit on and oh. swivel on in the arcade. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've definitely played on those kind of ones, and those are a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and then uh, my fun fact from 1985, and I'm running out of them because we've done this year so many times. Uh, that year was the last, or the death of the last remaining descendant of Abraham Lincoln. Ta- Robert Todd Lincoln Beckwith died in 1985, and after that, Abe Lincoln had no uh, confirmed living descendants. Oh, because that guy apparently had no kids or anything like that? Some, yeah, something like that. Okay. So, all right, that was 1985. All right. Well, we are going to boingo, oingo, oingo, boingo, bounce or whatever our way. And how many times will I will we talk about that song? I mean, they play it all the time. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Whatever into uh, <laughs> into weird science. All right, weird science, nineteen eighty five. Uh, this movie was written and directed by John Hughes. We have talked to him a couple times with Ferris Bueller, Uncle Buck. Uh, he also did Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club. Every person who's ever watched an 80, 80s movie knows who John Hughes is. John I had Hughes no is. idea that he did this movie until I watched it this time. Yeah, it's not really known as one of his bigger, better ones. Um, I think I think it's kind of fallen to the wayside of one of his lesser films. But yeah, I mean, he's he's got a, quite the catalog. So. Mm-hmm. So the title, Weird Science, and kind of the idea of it uh, was taken from a 1950s comic magazine called EC Comics um, that was called Weird Science. And the producer, Joel Silver, bought the rights to it in like the early 80s or something. And so I think he probably started developing this movie after he got the rights to it. So, yeah, it was all, kind of all came from from kind of like pulp magazine things. Okay. So. Uh, music is done by Ira Newborn. He also did other John F- John Hughes films, Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller, Uncle Buck, and then also Ace Ventura and Basketball. Mm. I'm not sure they're known for their soundtracks, but you know, <laughs> he did good enough. Yeah. The cast for this weird science show: Gary Wallace is played by Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, he is in a bunch of John Hughes films, including <laughs> Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, and then I actually remember him from like that early-ish 2000s show, The Dead Zone. Did you yeah. ever watch that one? I absolutely did watch that show. I thought it was a really good show, based on the Stephen King novel of the same name. Yeah, which there was a Dead Zone sh- movie starring Christopher Walken uh, like in the 80s or something like that. Yeah. But this was kind of a revamped as a TV show. And I remember watching like those first couple seasons intensely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really got into it at the beginning. Wyatt Donnelly is played by Ilan Mitchell Smith. He has not really done much else, I noticed. You can always tell on IMDb if an actor has not done much else, if their fo- if their picture is the picture <laughs> of their character from the film that we're watching. Yes, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, this is definitely his most famous uh, film. Um, I, I looked up a little bit more into him. Uh, so he, he basically stopped acting or quit acting in like 1991. Hmm. Uh, and then he went and received his bachelor's in medieval studies Ooh. from UC Davis. And he got his master's in medieval studies from Fordham University. And then a doctorate in, uh, in either that or something similar from Texas A&M. And then as of January 2020, he's an associate professor uh, in the English department at Cal State Long Beach. That's cool. I bet he'd be someone who'd be fun to like 
sit and have a drink with and talk about medieval studies. Just talk yeah. about medieval times. That'd be really interesting. Apparently, he also like uh, hosts some other. He he's helped make some like board games, and he's, and he's a big D and D guy as well. Oh, nice. So yeah, pretty pretty cool nerd guy right there that I think we could all uh, you know love to have a beer with and chat medieval or Dungeons and Dragons. So. Uh, Lisa is played by Kelly LeBrock. Uh, she was a model. Uh, mm-hmm. She's really most famous, I feel, for this movie more than anything else. But she was also in another film, Woman in Red and Hard to Kill, which is a Steven Seagal film. Uh, but she's, I think, best known for for this one. I think she appeared in like some of those, like you know, like those uh, when VH1 was getting really hot with like the nostalgia and doing like the. Uh, do you remember the '80s? Or mm-hmm. I can't remember what the that series was and they did one with the 90s they, they brought back some of the old people and i think kelly lebrock was one of them that she kind of like kind of brought back into the pop culture mm-hmm. chet donnelly is played by bill paxton we all love bill paxton uh he was an alien apollo 13 twister and one of the two people killed by an alien a terminator and uh a predator a predator and the predator as well that's right that's right ian one of the bullies is played by robert downey jr and god he looks like such a young little douche doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this was the same year that he was on uh saturday night live as a cast member i saw actually both him and anthony michael hall had a short stint on mm-hmm. uh snl in the in 85 probably so. i think because they were desperate for people if i remember my history on that right like that was right after uh, uh, Lorne Michaels left, and that, yeah. and so they were trying to keep it going, and so they just were taking whoever they could find. Exactly, I think I think this was when Eddie Murphy was had like left as well. Right, like he was he was like obviously their star in the early '80s, and then he left to go do you know great hilarious movies and whatnot, and so they had no one, and so they brought in exactly brought in Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr. I think uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus was in there for like a season as well, right? Around, around who this time. who are all fine actors, but not necessarily like no. ske- sketch comedy actors. Agreed. So, oh, and Robert Downey Jr. He's Iron Man. Everybody knows this. <laughs> so, uh, his friend and fellow bully Max is played by Robert Russler. I looked through his stuff, some small parts here and there. Um, he had like a twenty-five-ish or twenty-something episodes on Babylon Five, so a decent reoccurring person there. Okay, Deb, one of the love interests, is played by Susan Snyder. She was in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That's one of the few things I recognized. And then she has actually been on two episodes of Seinfeld. I, I absolutely remember her. My wife just recently showed Killer Clowns from Outer Space to my daughter. And <laughs> you, I you, you yeah, they've been on like a horror kick. They've been on a horror kick and I didn't watch it but I caught the ending. That is that has got to be the dumbest movie <laughs> I have ever seen and all I saw was like a 15 minute clip of it. Okay, I've never seen it. It was dumber than Baby Secret of the Lost Legend. Yeah, really bad. Well, I, I don't think it's one for us. Um, I'm sure we could probably talk podcasting after dark into doing a Killer Clowns from Outer Space episode. Sure, but not, not really our thing. Not with me. Not with you. Okay. Uh, her friend and other love interest, Hilly, is played by Judy Aronson. She has been in Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, and other small parts. That's about. That's all mm-hmm. I recognized from her. And then uh, Lord General. Uh, who is, you know, one of the bad 
motorcycle gang people that comes in is played by Vernon Wells. And we talked about him both. Oh, no, we, we didn't talk Commando. Um, I talked Commando with uh, Ken over on You Call Those Tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we talked about him in Inner Space. And he was also in The Road Warrior, or in Road Warrior, uh, playing basically the same character. Yeah, he, he was basically the same character as, as, as he was in Road Warrior. So, uh, so yeah, I as, I as we already kind of mentioned, the movie is a, is a pretty famous movie and being John, you know, popular in the 80s and whatnot. Obviously, I think the song is honestly more popular than anything else from this franchise. Mm-hmm. But I do remember watching the show before the movie, and I think I saw the show, uh, you know, for a good little bit. And then eventually, because the show came out when I was about 10 or 9 or something, mm-hmm. and then and then eventually I saw the movie. And I think I just saw the movie, like, on TV or something like that. Right. All right. Well, let's get into our scene-by-scene breakdown of Weird Science. And we immediately meet Gary and Wyatt. They're drooling over some gymnastic girls. They're fantasizing. You know, just being, we can tell, they are... Um, not popular. They're just nerds. They never get the girls. They don't have many friends or any friends besides each other. And we see our bullies, Ian and Max, get right behind them, and they pants them. <laughs> they just stand there, frozen in fear. And all the girls see them. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's a pretty pretty well-known shot of them just standing with their whitey tidies, tidy whiteys uh, in front of all these ladies. Yeah, what got me was the girls rea- didn't react at all. They yeah. also just stood there and stared uh have you ever been pantsed in school or anything like that nope okay i did once it was out at gym class and i was in elementary school oh, and i don't even uh, for some reason i don't i don't know what happened to this kid his his, his he was kind of a bully little fuck uh <laughs> his name was taylor i somehow remember that he had blonde hair and he was a little shit but i think he probably uh didn't do much in his life if i had to guess uh, he just he wasn't a particularly good kid maybe he's awesome or something now maybe you know we're all older but i remember he pantsed me at some point and i didn't i was never really bullied or anything in any school or whatnot yeah, I wasn't but either. he was just he was just kind of a dick of a kid and he pants me but it's like when someone pulls your pants down I, my reaction is not to just stand there in awe i immediately my pants i pulled my pants immediately back up and mm-hmm. i don't know if anybody even fucking noticed it but right it just kind of finally found it funny that they just stood there but that's it's a movie so yeah. then enter a tight the titles and the song weird science by oingo boingo weird science elastic tubes and pots and pans bits and pieces and magic from the hand of making weird science oh things i've never seen before behind bolted doors turning and imagine it's of my creation so very popular song i mean this is a really really good one well known danny elfman was the kind of a founder of oingo boingo mm-hmm. oingo boingo and he wrote this song as well and it hit number 45 on the billboard hot 100 so not super popular but popular enough yeah wyatt and gary uh, are at his house and we see we find out that his parents are out of town for a while but his older brother chet is there coming back from military school and he's kind of in charge of everything uh, they're watching 1931's frankenstein frankenstein which the only thing that annoyed me about this is 1931's frankenstein and it was colorized yeah. and i was just like it looked it looked off like i don't like i think it was ted turner in the 80s was like all about colorizing these these uh 
black and white films and it's they just look wrong yeah i don't know why people thought that that would somehow make them better it, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily i mean they, if they were if they were shot in black and white they were meant to be shot in black and white which means yeah. all of the lighting and everything that they did was in preparation for it to be in black and white and colorizing it just to me screws that up completely absolutely and yeah so it just <laughs> felt really strange seeing that um but the idea of Frankenstein gives Gary the idea to make a girl. And, you know, he's just like, well, we, we'll do it with Wyatt's computer. You know, you've got this simulation uh, software that you can, you know, quote unquote, create stuff, or at least in the computer. And so they start, I, th- I think, a funny line that uh, Gary's talking about it. He's like, well, you know what? Oh, we can, you know, we can, we can use it, Wyatt. We can ask it questions. We can, we can put it in real life sexual situations and see how it reacts. You're like, we're sick to manage shit. You'd love it. And so... <laughs> Pretty funny. And so when you're creating a girl on the computer, John, where do you start when you're creating them? When I'm creating a girl? Yeah. Where do I start? Yeah. I don't know. That's a loaded question. I wouldn't, I have never done it, so I don't know where I would start. The answer is the boobs, because that's exactly where they start with is the boobs, naturally, because they're teenage boys. Um, When it comes down to anything in this film, the answer is almost always, well, they're just Horny teenage boys. As if that's an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. That is the essence of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe also one of the hindrances of this film, uh-huh. <laughs> that the heart and soul is with horny teenage boys. But yes, so they start with the boobs. Haha, they make them really massive, ridiculously massive, and then get them into a um, more proportionate mm-hmm. size at the end of it. Uh, and they also somehow, Wyatt is so smart, he can hack into a military supercomputer. <laughs> To Those computer get, nerds in the 80s could do anything. It, it Just owning a computer meant you can connect to other computers and hack into whatever. That's all it is. It's it, Him and Matthew Broderick in War Games. Even Matthew, of course. Of course with War Games. So he uh, hacks in, and then they get, like I guess, their more power from that or whatever, and uh, more computing power, and then they start scanning images into their computer, which somehow... Their computer is so smart that it can they can scan like Playboy pictures or other kind of mentality <laughs> yeah. picture, pictures, and then it, it is receiving. It knows, hey, from this one image file, I know this is a Playboy playmate somehow, or I know this is David Lee Roth, and I'm gonna get some of that fun, wacky personality. Yeah, okay. I, I the one that initially got me because I was like, I was watching it, but I was like, and he put in a picture of Albert Einstein and immediately scanned for brain. How did you get that off a picture of Albert yeah. Einstein? <laughs> Duh. John, everyone does this because I couldn't tell he's. what kind of uh, machine they were feeding that into. I wonder if that was like a shredder or something. It like looked that. like a shredder, totally. And then w- they put bras on their heads. No idea why, but this is another very, you know, uh, maybe iconic '80s iconic image of them putting mm-hmm. bras on their heads. They attach a doll uh, to cables and a little kind of Barbie doll esque thing, trying to bring this woman to life, and somehow it works. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had something witty to say, Adam, but I just, the science, yeah. not like, I can't even cite magic because like, it just seems so weird. Well, it's weird science, John. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, but it somehow works. And, you know, all this madness is going on. Uh, there's a dog on a roof or on the ceiling at some point. Uh, they're cutting to spontane- spontaneous stuff combusting. Uh, the weather's going crazy and then it calms down and a door expands and explodes and out walks Lisa in another very we've already had some like I feel like some very 80s-esque images between mm-hmm. them being pants the bras on the head and now the very iconic look of 
Lisa walking out in her underwear and a crop top like shirt. And it's just like, okay. I mean, looking I good. mean that's how I walk around my house, Adam. I don't know about <laughs> you. Well, yeah, as Wyatt does at one point too. So I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's working. It's a, yeah, it's a look that seems to be working. Uh, I, I like a little cut to the, was it the Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein? She's alive, alive. Yeah. She's alive. So, great line here. There's a lot of good lines in this film. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? And then we cut to them in the shower. <laughs> they, they want to shower with her. And they're, they're still wearing, like, their pants, their yeah. clothes, which is... I thought it was a good reveal, too. Yeah. Yes. You just get them... You just see from the top up. And I surprisingly... I shouldn't say surprisingly. There was very little nudity in this movie. I mm-hmm. was, Honestly, I was expecting a lot more. But then I can't, then I was like, okay, it's a John Hughes film. I'm not going to get that much. Yeah, there, John Hughes does like some nudity, but it's only usually like in like a one-scene, two-scene situation. Yeah. Which is what we get here. And it's a PG-13 film. He right. didn't make... This isn't, isn't R, but... I couldn't remember honestly when I when we were about to watch it. I was like, "Wait, is this R? Like, is there a lot more like sex and nudity in this one than I thought I remember?" But no, PG thirteen. But we do get some nudity uh, in a little bit. Yeah, they're uh, putting on clothes because they want to go out, and then all of a sudden the clothes kind of zap into a little bit nicer clothes. Uh, we just kind of see Lisa's got powers mm-hmm. from all this stuff. She's been made from the computer, but she can also do whatever because whatever. She's got the reality stone somehow. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's the thing. She, yes, she found the reality stone. Who had the reality stone? Where did they get that one? Oh, that, well, that was from. Oh, that was from the uh, Malaketh, right? In uh, the the uh, Dark World. Dark World. Yeah. yeah. So obviously Kelly LeBrock uh, went and uh, went into the uh, the nine realms or whatever, and got right. the whatever the hell that shit was went called. to the ether or whatever they called the that. ether that's what it is thank you i couldn't think i couldn't remember what that was from so they head out for the night and she's trying to figure out her name they ended up naming her lisa uh because gary used to like a girl named lisa <laughs> that's about it i mean that tracks yeah but it's actually a little nod so apple uh had a computer one of their first computers that uh used a GUI, a uh, graphical user interface, was called the Apple Lisa. And this is actually a little nod to that. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's cool. I think it's a dumb name for a computer. <laughs> the Apple Lisa, come on. <laughs> right. Come on, Macintosh. But whatever. All right, so they go to a bar, which they obviously don't fit in at this bar. Get some drinks, thanks to Lisa can whip up fake IDs no matter what. And get some drinks with some guys at the table. And I noticed one of the guys called Gary a Malacca. And I was curious what the hell that meant. So I had to check that out. So Malaka is a Greek slang word. Literally translates to man who masturbates. But it is basically like a Greek equivalent to wanker. Isn't that just men? Yeah. <laughs> All men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Everybody the age uh, age of 12 and over. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not even men. Just anyone. Anyone. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, and then we get a scene of... Uh, Gary getting drunk and talking jive talk. Fast man. Let me tell you my story, man. Last year, I was insane for this crazy little eighth grade bitch. Crazy? Insane? Insane? Crazy? I was nuts for the woman, man. Now you gotta believe me. I'm saying, I'm telling the truth here. I'm speaking to you. I mean, I was nuts for the girl. And what did to me was these big titties she had. 
kind of. Not really jive, but like, you know, I was trying to debate, is this an insulting scene? <sighs> A little bit. Uh-huh. I mean, he's drunk. I don't think he's trying to do it in a malicious way. Like, he's not making fun of them. He's just drunk and wants to be one of them. Yeah. So I think he's overdoing it. But uh, I don't think you'd see it nowadays. Yeah, it's hard to say that that scene would fly just because he is so overtly stereotypical with just how he's trying to be, like, act like a 50s, 60s, or earlier, like, 40s, 30s, blues guy or something mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah it's just it, it just hits a little bit different and you know it's that it's not you're right he's not making fun of them but he he got drunk around them and so maybe he's trying to be cool and this is what he thinks they think is cool yeah i winced a little bit when i heard it so i was like mm, okay yeah, yeah i definitely yeah. wouldn't not something you would do now well yeah i mean wasn't it uh was it 16 candles that had mickey rooney as the uh the asian guy <laughs> so I don't know. I've actually never seen Sixteen Candles all the way through. Okay. Well, yeah. It's so, never. I mean, it's John never Hughes, interested me. John Hughes isn't um, adverse to uh, maybe some, you know, pulling out some more racial stereotype <laughs> stereotypes for his films. So, and he can, you know, we see him continuing as they're driving back home. He's still continuing his little jive talk and stuff like that. They get back. Wyatt uh, gets him, puts Gary to bed basically. But Chet is there, and Chet is immediately bullying Wyatt. We see that. He's an asshole, and he's basically extorting Wyatt for some money, um, and he agrees to not tell their parents that they went out and got drunk uh, for $175, which Wyatt's just a, he's kind of a pussy, and this is like the big mountain that he has to climb is mm-hmm. he has to stand up for himself in this film, particularly against Chet, um, but he can't, and he has he's not ready to yet. Adam, so. did I bully you like this when we were younger? Not even a little bit. I mean, <laughs> no. we were all pretty cordial. Yeah. You never, I mean... I'm sure we had our moments where, you know, we fought, but it wasn't that bad. I was too busy fighting with my sister, <laughs> with our sister. Then, I was, it, it's yeah. inevitable. There's always going to be a little bit of infighting. Yeah. But the continuous infighting was was you and our sister. And I, yeah. honestly, I just tried really hard not to get into the middle of that. Yeah, because it, it was a firefight every time. So <laughs> you just would have been yeah, caught, caught in the rubble. So. Then we see Wyatt and Lisa making out. I mean, that's why they home they made this girl, and they're just kind of like you know still up while Gary while Gary's kind of passed out, and they're making out, and then they're pretty much gonna go fuck. She's gonna practice her gymnastics on him. I think is something that she says. <laughs> so in the morning, Wyatt's room is back to normal. They can't tell was this all a dream, but he gets up. And here he's wearing John's favorite outfit of the uh, <laughs> blue underwear and the kind of the crop top. He's wearing exactly like her clothes from the night before. Nope, it's not a dream. She's uh, she's awake and they talk for a sick. And then she conveniently walks out of the room perfectly as Chet comes in and, you know, still being a little ass. I do like he grabs his coffee mug. You spit in this. <laughs> you spit in this. Because it's just, I mean, because that's something that Chet would do, not something that Wyatt would have done. Right. So, weird question. I noticed this. So, in Wyatt's room, he has two twin beds. Yeah, I noticed that. Is, was that a thing in the 80s for a one kid to have two twin beds in case a friend came over? That's my only guess is, yeah, <laughs> Wyatt or Gary comes over so often to stay over that he, <laughs> he just, just went into bed. Yeah. But I mean, like, push that shit together, man. Have a king. <laughs> Fuck, fuck that. But I guess, yeah, I guess him and his friends stay over enough time, so that's why it happened. But yeah, I thought that was a little strange, too. Okay. So Chet uh, eventually notices that Wyatt is wearing the blue panties and that shirt, and uh, we get a nice little fourth wall break where Chet <laughs> mentions, 
Man, what are you doing wearing this? Next thing you know, you'll be putting a bra on your head. Haha, <laughs> because that just happened earlier. And Wyatt looks right into the camera, deadpan, little fourth wall break, little nod to the audience. Which I thought so. was weird because you don't, I don't feel like we really get that anywhere else. I don't know. Well, oh, the fourth wall. No, that was the only fourth wall I noticed in this film. Yeah, but it was yeah. very subtle. It was. It was really easy to miss, but I don't really know how I feel about it. I don't know if I thought it was funny or not. Yeah. I, I personally liked it. Okay. Um, t- to me, it just because it, it kind of felt very John Hughes. Okay. You know, I mean, it, it brought me to like Ferris Bueller, and I was just like, oh yeah, haha, this, this, I got those 80s vibes from it. Okay. To not tell their dad that he is wearing women's underwear, uh, he'll have to fork over his VCR. I do like, is this, I think this is a pretty funny scene where Chet says, for Christ's sake, cover yourself. And he grabs his towel that he's wearing, hands it to him. But obviously, Chet's not wearing anything. And you see uh, Bill Paxton's bare ass. Just, I was like, yeah, that's hypocritically funny. I thought that was good. Gary, Wyatt, and Lisa go shopping at the mall. We see uh, Max and Ian there. And, you know, as they're doing shopping stuff, Gary and Wyatt, like, sit down at a certain spot. And they get slushies poured all over them. Uh, from the above uh, level that Max and Ian are at. Everybody laughs at them, so still they're just being bullied. They are they don't fit in. And, but we do meet the girlfriends of Ian and Max, uh, who are Hilly and Deb, and they're almost, they're, we kind of see they're a little bit almost done with their shit, which honestly, it's just like, fuck. I mean, those yeah. guys are obviously bullies pouring the slushies on them when they didn't weren't provoked at all, so it's just like. We did actually see them before, because they, they were in the very first scene. Oh, they were in the gymnastic yeah, scene? Yeah, those were the two girls that the, the boys they were, were standing. You're right. They were like you're pining right. over a little bit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're, they're fantasizing. Very true. But they're almost done with uh, Max and Ian's shit, but they're not really. And so they still get together. Then the boys, then Max and Ian noticed Lisa going up the escalator while they're going down. They're immediately infatuated with her. And so they follow her out to outside who she gets picked up in her in the car like a sweet Porsche by Gary and Wyatt. And they're obviously in shock. Lisa kind of uses this to invite them to a party at Wyatt's house. And somehow they were suspiciously not stained with a red slushy when they picked her. Uh, you're right. I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they bought some new clothes immediately or, I mean, Lisa zapped it That's true. off them or something. Yeah. So she convinces, you know, Wyatt to do this party at, at, their, at his house. And then she's going to go get Gary from his place. And that's a pretty weird scene where she's talking to Gary's parents. And she kind of really roughly kind of talks to them kind of i don't know in their own home and being kind of mean to them and their kids only 16 pushing that no they're gonna have this party and he fucking deserves it and you guys are assholes and it's just like damn okay but uh, the only thing that i really noticed from that scene her hair was like a fucking wall it was huge (laughs) it was that big teased up massive i mean literally it looked like the size of darth helmet (laughs) <laughs> but just in hair form. It was okay. massive. Like, like, you know, the proportion of Darth Helmets from Spaceballs helmet to the rest of his body was exactly the way that she looked. Now, this is where I'm going to go on a bit of a diatribe. I cannot stand that permed big hair look from the 80s. It just, it does not do it for me. I think some guys, <coughs> Corey Stevenson, um, <laughs> loves the permed big boob. No, he doesn't like big boobs. I remember we had this conversation. But, like, there are some guys who do, who love, like, the big, like, the big boob, fake 80s, big hair look. But I can't stand it. I cannot stand that big, permy hair. Like, I don't think Kelly LeBrock looked nearly as good in any part of this movie as when she did actually when she was in the shower because the hair was just like straight and right. and like it looked 
it just looked natural where everything else it's just it's teased too much up. I mean, I don't want to talk too much. Maybe you're a perm guy. Are you a perm guy? No, honestly, I think one thing I I don't know if it's really it's not really complaint. It's just one thing I've noticed about girls in the 80s, especially in movies, to me, they always look older. Oh, yeah. And I part of it I think is kind of the teased up hair and the perm for some reason just in my brain it makes me conflate that makes them older. Well, I, you know what? I do think it makes sense because when I partly when I see that hair, it reminds me of our mom's hair a little <laughs> bit from old pictures. And I'm just like, ooh, gross. But like, yeah, it, maybe that ties that to the older look as well. But I just I cannot stay. I cannot stand. I just don't find it attractive at all. But it's probably because when I hit my puberty and whatnot, the hair was in like the post grunge, um, right. you know, flat and, you know, that that kind of look. Yeah. So. Uh, so I do like a line that she mentions, which upsets Carrie's mother. She, uh, Lisa tells them, Have you ever wondered how sad it is that your son's only sexual outlet is tossing off to magazines in the bathroom? Oh, Gary! Oh, Ma, I never oh, tossed God! off to anything! You told me you were combing your hair! And the mom's, <laughs> oh, Gary, is so hilarious. And then again, she was obviously freaking out, you know, because the mother doesn't want to think about the uh, their kids wanking it everywhere in the house. But guess what? Mothers, your kids are going to wank it everywhere in the house. That's just they can't honestly and they can't help themselves. Speaking speaking for a, a guy who has gone through puberty, you just can't help yourself. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. You know, I wasn't sure if you were going to comment because your son is getting closer to that age, and that's a scary thing. Yeah, I think uh, I don't. I think I'm going to be able to deal with it a lot easier than my my wife is. I know. I know what's coming. <laughs> hey, <Him>. good good <laughs> innuendo. <laughs> Fun. Um, Lisa gets a little bit crazy here, and she pulls a gun on the parents, which I thought that was fucking weird. It was a little weird. It was very extreme. It was very extreme. So she basically kidnaps Gary to go to the party, and we find out it's just a water gun. Ha, ha, ha. But not really. I mean, it's Lisa, so it could have been a real gun at that time. It, it had to have been because she cocked the hammer back and the cylinder rotated, <laughs> so there's no way that was a squirt gun. True. You're right. Totally would have done that. And also, I feel like if you see the squirt gun, you see like just that tiny little nozzle and yeah. not like the full barrel. Yeah. Um, but she apparently wiped Gary's parents' uh, memories of that event and possibly of Gary completely. At least from the father. At least from the father, yes. So uh, it's party time and a bunch of people show up. Hi. Hi! I like that. I, I thought uh, that was pretty funny, actually. That absolutely was when they see them all in front of the house. Ian and Max and their girlfriends are at the party as well. Thanks to Wyatt's anxiety, they're stuck in the bathroom. <laughs> can't get out to go even check on his own house um, or whatnot. He's just stuck in the bathroom. So, uh, unfortunately, right after he takes a stinky shit, uh, Deb and Hilly uh, try to come in, which is completely unnecessary because they don't even mention the smell or anything like that. Right. Also, that's a pretty big house. There's got to be more bathrooms than that. Exactly. All John Hughes' houses are massive <laughs> that we've ever seen. They're all very well-to-do families. And actually, this house, I remember seeing some other shots and it was like, they had a shit ton of like property as well yeah and it's like yeah these are very very rich people uh for the Wyatt household anyway deb and hilly come in because they're trying to freshen up you know take a look at their makeup and whatnot 
and they kind of talk with them and find out it's it's Wyatt's house and et cetera, et cetera. And while that's happening, Ian and Max are trying to hit on Lisa. And we also see that Gary and Wyatt decide they want to go after Deb and Hilly. Even though, you know, they've, they've got Lisa, they uh, they really like Deb and Hilly. And so we also see even Lisa, you know, this is what she wants for them. She's kind of coaxing Deb and Hilly at one point. She's kind of talked to them about, like, how good they are in a shower. You should, ha- you should take a shower with them. Kind of just help the boys, you know, be more impressive to those two girls. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and that's when uh, we get a quick scene of Wyatt's grandparents who decide that they want to go see their grandson for some reason. I mean, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice of them. Sure. So Ian and Max apologize to Wyatt, to Gary and Wyatt. They're trying to, you know, see if they can borrow Lisa. They want to. <laughs> they want to. Yeah, because she is theirs. She she does what they say is pretty much how she puts it. They they kind of come to a, you know they say like hey you can have. You know, you can have Deb and Hilly. You can take them, and we want Lisa instead. So, not really their place, but, right. you know, that's how women were treated in the 80s, though, John. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we cut to all four of the guys wearing bras on their head, <laughs> because as opposed to giving them Lisa, they're just going to create a new girl. When you think about it, this is something that they could have done multiple times, because they established that, okay, all this shit, kind of the same madness that happened before is kind of happening again. Furniture is being blown out the chimney, as does clothes from this one woman who is holding on. Uh, and we see um, her her kind of skirt comes off, and then her top comes off. And then we kind of cut back, and her bra has come off, and she is uh, totally topless. Yeah. Which, okay, very brief, but that's a John Hughes film. So, yes, we see her We see her getting sucked into the chimney and blown out the top of the of that chimney, or into the fireplace and then out the chimney. Yeah. So that lady is uh, the October 1982 Playboy centerfold, Kim Malin, or Kim Malin. Huh. I didn't, I've never seen her before, but I looked her up. Yeah, okay, looking good. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so they thought that this whole thing worked. Out there stood Lisa, kind of in silhouette, but it didn't work as they were supposed to. Because they forgot to hook up uh, to the cables a doll, a female doll. Instead, it was sitting on a Time magazine, which happened to have a nuclear warhead on it. So instead of getting a female, they get this big nuclear warhead that kind of comes up from the uh, floor uh, of Wyatt's room. And apparently that uh, shot uh, was very uh, complicated to set up, and Anthony Michael Hall ruined it. It cost $100,000 to shoot that scene. Anthony Michael Hall ruined it because he farted during the take and caused everyone else to break character. <laughs> wow, that sucks. But yeah, I didn't notice it. Uh, so they must have been able to edit around that. They did, and apparently they had to like film a. They filmed a bunch of it in reverse to kind of help with that because it took a lot to get the thing to go up, and uh, so then they just filmed it in reverse going down. Yeah. Without him farting to ruin the take. Yes. But yeah, because you only really can do that shot pretty much once because they're going to have to break all this stuff from below. And yeah, yeah. He, otherwise it would cost a shit ton to do that again. So yeah. the grandparents get there and are yelling at everybody. Uh, so Lisa, who doesn't, you know, want to stop the fun, she ends up freezing them and sticks them into a pantry. <laughs> okay, we'll get that. It'll come back mm-hmm. just because a funny little thing. Uh, and she realizes that, you know what, that these boys... They need to overcome some things, so she needs to give them a challenge, and so she decides to whip up a biker gang to invade the house, <laughs> and one of the bikers I noticed was Michael Berryman. Um, he's someone that we've seen. He's got a very distinct look. Yeah. Uh, he's been in The Hills Have Eyes, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, always kind of cast as like a mutiny kind of character. Yeah. 
great character actor for that sort of thing. Yeah, he was exactly. He's been in, in a lot of good stuff, but he's just you, you see him and you're just like, oh, yeah, uh, I've definitely recognized you as kind of like this guy who just has the perfect look for like horror movies and other kind of strange stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Then in walks Lord General, uh, who almost has like a Native American look to him. But yeah, it's that road warrior style, though, from Ver Vernon Wells's character. Mm -hmm. um, the guys are obviously scared. Lisa wants them to take charge, which uh, the biker gang grabs, you know, Gary and Wyatt through the wall. And we see the Lord General is bullying them in front of anybody, talking about like, hey, you couldn't even take a shower without your <laughs> pants on and all this other shit. Uh, but it's not until the bikers grab Deb and Hilly and put them in danger, which is that's when particularly Gary steps up, but both Gary and Wyatt step up in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. They look cool. They pull this, they pull the gun, that same gun we saw from earlier. And they ultimately stop the biker gang. I do like that. Gary's kind of waving the gun around and we see all the, <laughs> all the extras out. having to dodge it. You know, they, they duck down ah, <laughs> as he is an idiot, just waving the gun. But yeah, that night we see Hilly talks to Wyatt and Deb talks to Gary and the girls like him. Now, all you had to do was, had to throw a massive house party, ruin everything, have a biker gang, and then defeat them with a gun, and that's all you need for a girl to like you, John. Nothing like the uh, fear of death to uh, yeah. make you like someone. In the morning, the house is a wreck. Chet's get, Chet gets back, and he's obviously pissed. Apparently, Lisa made it snow in his room, so it's just <laughs> everything is fucked up. And so he uh, has a shotgun. And he's pissed. He puts it to Gary's face, who was snuggling with Deb. And so, yeah, freaks them out. And then he goes and finds Wyatt um, by blowing a door open uh, with the shotgun. Could have kicked it in, I'm sure, but that's fine. <laughs> but still, Wyatt doesn't stand up to Chet. You know, he still hasn't hasn't ga gained that kind of confidence. So Lisa's like, hey, you guys take the girls home. I will take care of Chet. Gary drives a uh, Ferrari, sweet Ferrari, gets chased by the police. He has to lose them at a, chain cr a train crossing, a little police chase scene. Wyatt then kisses Hilly goodbye, grabs her ass, worked for him. It's basically, <laughs> you see his two fingers, like is uh, doing the double fingers crossed as he grabs her ass to see, oh, hopefully hopefully this is okay. <laughs> yeah, so. And uh, she, which she apparently thought it was okay. So it's kind of a silly scene. She leaves. He says, I love you, and gets the... Uh, Water sprinklers turned on him, timing-wise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, falling falling in love a little bit too early, though, I will say, after one kiss and an ass grab. But that does that does make me kind of think back. You know, kind of have the fingers crossed as you're moving your hand. That's definitely, that kind of actually made me kind of be like, yeah, I remember those days when you're like, when you're first starting to make out with a girl, you're sliding your hand either down to touch the butt or sliding up to touch uh, the boobs or whatnot, and you're just like, oh, God. Are you are you okay with this? Hope, are, are you are you not happy about this? What do I do? What do I you know? Is this working? And, and when they're happy with it, it's a good feeling. <laughs> but when they're not happy about it, then you just stop and you walk away. <laughs> How about that? There's advice for you. We also see Deb kissing Gary goodbye as well. So yeah, everything is working out for them. And here we see that Chet has been turned into some weird fat troll creature thing, almost frogish. Yeah, almost like a if a if a frog had sex with Jabba the Hutt, I don't know, <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, like the mouth was very froggish. But Gary and Wyatt get back. Chet apologizes as the troll. This is one of the things I didn't all didn't very much care for. Is I don't feel Wyatt really had to learn his lesson. He didn't have to learn how to stand up for himself to Chet because the last that we saw them really interact. 
you know, normally, mm-hmm. he still didn't stand up to him. Right. It wasn't, and then Lisa had to basically turn him into this weird fucking creature for Chet to finally apologize. And I think it would have been a, a lot better if, you know, Wyatt learned to stand up for himself on his own or, you know, or through some actions that ultimately he stepped up to him and then Chet apologized after that. But instead it was just Lisa with her all powerful Jabba frog thing. Right. Powers that made that happen. So whatever. So they talk to Lisa, who is excited that the guys have girls in their lives. You know, she says, that's what I've wanted for you. And so she leaves and it's in a puff of smoke. She's gone. And then everything starts returning back to normal. The nuclear missile starts retracting down in the furniture is all flying back into the chimney, um, which if that chimney could fit a (laughs) piano and like a couch and everything there, that is a massive fireplace. And so all of that returns to normal just as Wyatt's parents return. Haha, yay, he is saved. And then at school the next day, Lisa is a new gym coach. Winks at the camera. There you go. One more uh, little bit of there you go. a fourth wall break. And it's a freeze frame. And, of course, weird science plays. That's our movie, and uh, John, I'll let you start off this time. I'll be honest; it was for me, the movie was okay. Um, I didn't have the nostalgia for the movie per se, as we kind of mentioned at the at the beginning of this. Um, there were a good number of funny moments, but I'll be honest with you: unless you know somebody else I know wants to watch it, I'm probably never going to watch this again. At least not on my own. I was pretty similar with you with basically everything. This film is pretty much strictly for dumb teen boys. It is exactly a movie for that. There's really nothing more to it. I can't say I I disliked it, you know, because right. I didn't dislike it. Yeah, but it is it is one that I had to detach myself from the older me, the guy who who respects women, <laughs> uh, the, the guy who is a little bit more mature, and I had to just kind of go back in time myself to just kind of be that horny boy. Right. And I think this movie is perfect for the horny 80s boy, but as I'm older, it just doesn't have that same weight. It doesn't have it has no depth to it. This movie has zero depth. Right. You know, it there's still enjoyable factors from it, and I can say knowing what a horny boy feels like because I have been one and still that there's that horny boy in me. Right. Um, I love having a horny boy in me. Oh, that sounded <laughs> gross. Uh, <laughs> but I have, I love, I love jokes and I love horny stuff and I love whatever. And so if I can detach myself from all that other stuff and just try to appreciate it in that manner, it's enjoyable enough. Kelly LeBrock is attractive and you kind of, you know, associate yourself with Gary and Wyatt to an extent, but everything else is also kind of wild. But overall as an adult, I'd say the movie is a pass. Mm-hmm. If you were curious about rewatching this one, I'd say mostly skip it unless your maturity level hasn't gone past 15, <laughs> 16. And if that's you, all for it. And I will say Kelly LeBrock in that blue underwear and the crop top, she looks, her body looks great. The hair looks stupid. Perm <laughs> gross. Everything else looks fantastic.
All right, now we're going to talk Weird Science, the TV show that ran from 1994 to 1997. It had five seasons, 88 total episodes, and it aired on the USA Network. There were actually six episodes that did not air during the last uh, season's run that eventually did air on sci-fi. So the show was obviously in syndication, played at different times, probably on the sci-fi network and whatnot. Um, I remember watching it on USA, though. Absolutely. Yes. That's that's the only place I remember this from. Yeah. And so they either probably showed it, you know, when it came out or or when it had syndication, even, you know, replays or, you know. Um, re-airings on USA. Watch that. Uh, Cast-wise, the main four characters are the Gary, Wyatt, Lisa, and Chet. They appeared in pretty much every episode. So Gary is played by John Asher. We actually talked about him in Double Dragon. Oh. Uh, I I noticed him. He was like on one of the punky kind of kids. He had like a mohawk in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He had like one line. I've tried really hard to block that movie from my memory. (laughs) Understandable. It is. (laughs) It's not a good film. And he had a couple other things that he was in as well. Wyatt is played by Michael Manassery. He had small parts and things, didn't really notice. Uh, Lisa is played by Vanessa Angel. Uh, she was a model. She's been in other stuff. I think her most notable film is Kingpin. Yeah, I agree. She's solid in that. And then Chet is played by Lee Turgeson. He, I remember, mostly from Wayne's World. Right. One and two. Um, but he was also in Oz. He has been in the... Um, uh, Charlize Theron movie Monster. He was in Shaft. Uh, and actually, recently, he even had a part in, I think it was only for one episode, but in the uh, Watchmen series. Okay. Yeah. He, so, yeah, he's, he's fairly still getting work. Yeah, he's a fairly prolific character actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing pretty good for himself. And actually, Seth Green was one of the finalists to play the part of Gary uh, at one point, but he didn't get the role John Asher did instead, though Seth Green did ha- appear uh, in season in an episode later down the line uh in season two besides seth green other actors who'd appeared on this show denise richards michael clark duncan adam west abe vagoda john o'hurley bruce campbell uh so they actually did get a good bit of other people who uh popped into this uh, to this show Mm -hmm. uh one thing that's pretty interesting even though john hughes wrote and directed uh the weird science film from 1985 he had no involvement in the tv show whatsoever I don't know that he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, he had kind of moved on. And from what I had read, apparently he found out about it when he saw a commercial on TV. <laughs> so they didn't, I mean, because he didn't know, apparently he didn't own the rights to it. And right. so they didn't ask him. <laughs> so they didn't have to. Yeah, they didn't have to. Um, but someone who was involved is someone who is also, I would say, pretty equally as iconic. John Landis oh, was an wow. executive producer on this show. Um, I mean, we know John Landis from Blues Brothers and Thriller and a bunch of stuff, American Werewolf in, in London. The show follows the adventures of Gary, Wyatt, and Lisa. The difference here is Lisa in the movie was pretty much just a sex object. Mm-hmm. Not completely, but mostly. You know, that's why she was created as a sex object for Gary and Wyatt. And in this one, in the show, Lisa is a little bit more like a magic genie yeah. who basically just grants their wishes and does whatever as she sees fit. Right. So it's it's not, it, you know, she's kind of like, you know, just a one of the pals. She's not like, I don't know, like, she, not to say that she was a slave in the first movie, but she says, oh, they control me. You know, I do whatever they want. Right. And she kind of does in the movie. In the show, she's a bit of her own independent person, mm-hmm. but she just still has those, I can do whatever the fuck I want powers. Right. Yeah, there's not as much as that sexual interaction. I don't remember ever really seeing her make out with the boys, kind of how she did in the movie, or yeah. imply that they had sex like there was in the movie or anything like that. 
and I don't remember. I didn't watch too many episodes. I ended up watching two episodes for this for this recording. Uh, I uh, I just rewatched one. Okay, so she's just kind of like the magical person in the group. But uh, one thing that this show did use was again the song from Oingo Boingo. <laughs> you make man no woman woman. Oh, that was the main, um, the way that the, the intro started. Now, I did like it actually opened up with a scene from Bride of Frankenstein in the show, and that's how they kind of got it going. But yeah, you have to. You have to use that theme song. Yeah. It's so good, and it's so synonymous with weird science in general. Both Gary and Wyatt were kind of nerds, outcasts, and, and they are both nerd outcasts in this one, but Wyatt was very much like the upright, stick-up-the-butt, good student kind of person with in the show, mm-hmm. Gary was kind of like the eh, dumb goofball funnier of the two people. Yeah. So they just kind of changed their dynamic slightly. I'm, I want to say something controversial. Maybe it's not controversial. If you guys, you know, <laughs> heard what I said, I like Vanessa Angel better than I like Kelly LeBron. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the perm. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. I've just... I just uh, always, and maybe because she was my Lisa first. Right. That, that's what I was going to kind of equate it to. I mean, Kelly LeBrock does show a little bit more skin, and that means something to me. <laughs> but Vanessa Angel, I just ultimately was just like, yeah, you're, you're kind of you're hotter to me. So the show, yeah, they would just kind of go on. Literally, it was like a crapshoot. I mean, there's no there's no follow, you know, storyline that goes around. Every episode was kind of something wild. Like one that I watched was Gary's tired of school and he wishes all of school was about his interests and you know he was like man i suck at all this other stuff i wish this was uh if this if, if school was about things that i loved i would do great and so lisa turned school into one uh, history became history of the bikini and then there was a pizza <laughs> class and there and there was like a being a dick to teacher teacher's class gary was doing pretty good at first but then they actually had to learn some more stuff about the bikinis and pizzas and other stuff that he wasn't doing good. Like ultimately all of this, the magic shit that Lisa did, you know, needed to go away. And Gary and Wyatt had to learn some kind of lesson by the end of every episode. Right. Um, But there was no like big, important storylines through lines that mattered. There was no um, overarching arc uh, that, that really went anywhere. So, so I ultimately don't have a shit ton to say about the show. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it is just a kind of regular sitcom, wacky stuff happens. It does still appeal to younger boys, right? in my opinion. I don't think the maturity of the show got really any any different than the maturity of the movie. I will say that, you know, I definitely remember watching it, and I have, like, some nostalgic ties for it, but watching the two episodes, I was pretty bored by them, and it also felt very 90s to me Mm -hmm. there were some graphics that they had going on as well because magic stuff happened and the graphics were dated of course because it's 90s but they weren't terrible and i saw some like makeup had to be used in time and that wasn't terrible as well actually there was i saw an episode where both gary and wyatt got turned into like little troll creatures almost like chet (laughs) in one of them but the show itself is solely for that younger i would say 12 to 25 max 
male demographic. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of get past that, it just it lacks a lot of interest, a lot of logic. The stuff doesn't make sense. Very similar to the movie, I would have to say, I don't really recommend this show. I 100% agree with you. Um, I remember loving this show. I probably only loved this show because I loved uh, watching Vanessa Angel. Huge crush on her when I was younger. I watched one episode, and at the end of it, I went, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. And, well, so what, what happened in your episode? Uh, I think it was it was the one with Bruce Campbell where he's like, she finds another genie mm. and, you know, hijinks ensue. Of course. And so I was like, oh, it got boring. And I clearly, it you're right. It clearly was meant for boys in the 90s. And yeah. that's exactly where it should stay. Yes, I was much more of a fan of uh, Vanessa Angel than I was of Kelly LeBrock. I just liked the way she looked. I, I, I don't know. I was just more attracted to her. That's really all it came down to is I was just more attracted to her. In the end, you are much more likely to get me to watch the movie again than you will ever be to get me to watch the TV show again. I, I, I agree with that as well. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. My hair used to have a mind of its own. Then a few weeks ago, I stopped complaining. I started using Pantene. Pantene is really special. It's got all sorts of good stuff in it, but actually gets inside your hair to make it healthier, stronger. Pantene shampoos and conditioners are serious care. Our pro-vitamin B5 complex penetrates your hair to give it inner strength. From the first day, I saw a difference. And every day, my hair looked fuller and shinier. The ends didn't split or look frizzy. No, it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. You'll see. Pantene shampoos and conditioners. Serious care for beautiful hair. All right, and now we're going to attempt to recast Weird Science using actors of today. I think this can be done. Um, I still think you can have kind of a teen sex comedy that's still respectful, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, one that I want to equate it to, there was that teen sex movie, uh, Cock Blockers, or Blockers, that they call it. That movie was awesome, and it kind of dealt with kind of teen sex. I mean, I think it can be done, it can be done properly, and it can be done funny Mm -hmm. recently. You just got to... Wise enough, and you know, not just appeal to more people than just the twelve-year-old boys. Right. I geared my casting more towards a movie. I mean, granted, we are ca- we are recasting the movie, not necessarily the TV show, because mm-hmm. there are more important, there are more characters in the movie that we could recast as opposed to just the like the main three or four. So we're using the characters from the movie. Uh, we're going to do obviously Gary Wyatt, Lisa. We'll do Chet. We're also going to do Ian and Max and Deb and Hilly, which were the the two bullies and their girlfriends. And then just for fun, we're going to throw in a little Lord General as well. So uh, I definitely geared mine more towards to be to be a movie as opposed to be a series. I don't know about you. Uh, I pulled a lot of people from TV shows, but I think it could fit as a movie. Absolutely. I surprisingly, I did pull a lot of people from TV shows, but I was still thinking movie more than I was thinking. Okay. Because um, yeah. just because, like, to me, you got to put the genie yeah. back in the bottle at the end of the movie. Yes. Otherwise, like, where where the hell are you going to go from there? 
I honestly don't know how they pulled out 88 episodes <laughs> thinking about it because, yeah, it's the same shit over and over again. Wacky hijinks happen from the magic. They have to learn a lesson, and that's the end of the episode. Yep. You're right. I would much rather, if this came back, I would rather it be a movie than a show. All right, well, let's start with Lord General. Just a fun little character. I'll go ahead and start. I still want this movie to be funny, and for some reason, and I think it's just the accent, once I heard his accent, uh, this guy is not necessarily intimidating, but he's funny and can play that kind of character. I went with Taika Waititi uh, for a Lord, oh. ger- for a sort of a Lord, <laughs> almost like a wacky Lord General, almost. That is, well, he can definitely be wacky. He doesn't look intimidating, but maybe you put a bunch of makeup or you CG some kind of character, mm-hmm. kind of like how he does the voice of Korg in uh, in MCU. That is an interesting call. Yeah, you stuck to kind of like the more Australian-y kind of vibes from that one. I don't think I'd want to CG him. I'd want him just to be as is. Put some, put like a leather jacket on him, stuff like that. Yeah. I just want him to kind of attempt to be tough. He was, I mean, he was the bad guy essentially in the movie Free Guy. Um, oh, I never said, yeah, which I didn't see, but I heard good things. Yes, it was, it was, it was very funny. Um, okay. But I, I just want to, I would just uh, try to, I want to still want him to be funny, but a little intimidating. Okay. All right. So. Who did you go with? Uh, so Vernon Wells was the intimid- intimidating guy from the Mad Max Road Warrior uh, movie. So I went with the big intimidating guy from the Mad Max Fury Road movie. I went with Nathan Jones, a uh, uh, big guy. Yeah. I think, you know, this is a small, small part and he could just come in and be scary and that'd be fine. I agree. I've used him at least once, if not twice yeah. for different things. He would absolutely work perfect for that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No problems cool. there. Uh, all right. Uh, Hilly, who did you go with? I The first thing that you need to know, I gender swapped everything. I feel like we've <laughs> wow. already seen this. I feel like we've seen this movie. <laughs> we've, we've had a movie and we've had a show. And so I kind of did really pull back to the movie blockers in my head. And I think that did teen sex comedy well. I also... I'm aging my people up a little bit. They're going to be in college. Okay. So it's going to be my Gary and my Wyatt are both females in college. And so I think that fits a little bit better with having, in my opinion, I'm going to do an R rated sex comedy college girl style or whatever. I'm going to tell you this. I wish I had done that because I had a really hard time uh, with casting, thinking about this in terms of high school students. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. God, I really wish I wasn't doing it this way. I really should have taken. I really should have gone that way. I think that's a smart move on your part. I initially started the same thing. I was gonna. It was gonna be setting in high school, and so I started looking up actresses in that sixteen age range. And then I just like, I know there's gonna be a lot of sexual situations here. This feels me more. I feel more uncomfortable <laughs> putting these ladies, these young ladies, into that situation. It's like you know what? I'm going to go with slightly older people, people who are like you know already twenty, twenty one, and set it in college. And I think that fits really well. Uh, so yes, that's how I ended up doing it. So my Hilly is becoming a Hayden because he's going to be you know the love interest for whichever one. I can't remember one of them. Right. And I went with. Guess what? There is a show that's actually dealing with some high school kids, but this guy is 20, 21, 21 now. Um, I really liked him in the show. Sometimes he has been sensitive, as he has been in this most recent season, but sometimes he's a complete badass. I like him a lot as Hawk in Cobra Kai. I went with Jacob Bertrand as my Hayden slash Hilly. All right. Well, so obviously we're not going to have any of the same casting, so. No, yeah, because every single one of my people are flipped. Um, to other genders, unless unless you did any other gender swaps. No, I did not. 
I did not. Okay. So, uh, all right. Uh, so I don't, I don't. I really don't have anything else to add on your. Uh, <laughs> have you Have you seen Cobra Kai? I have not. Oh, I was about to be like. I mean, can you at least agree that you like Hawk? Hawk's awesome. I think Hawk is a fantastic. I'm, I'm sure. I think I've actually even used that actor in in a few castings. So possibly. Um, I'll, the thing is, is like Hilly and Deb. And maybe even to a degree, Ian and Max, they're kind of interchangeable with anyone you really want to put in there. It almost doesn't really matter. Yes, uh, particularly Deb and Hilly have like no personalities, and then the only personalities for Ian and Max are asshole. Right. And so, yeah, you can pick. You, you're right. You, literally, you can pick most anybody. I, I have a question when we get to Ian and Max then. Uh, so okay. for my Hilly, I just picked a, an actress that was about the right age. Uh, that was the hardest thing I had was finding people in that because I wanted late teens to early 20s if possible. Yeah, and so um, I did see this actress in a movie, and she was markedly good in it, uh, which was the Dora the Explorer movie. I went with Isabella Merced for my Hilly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I did not see Dora the Explorer because I do not have a child. Right. But no, I mean she's she's got that cute Dora look. I bet she could be be solid. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to Deb. I'll go ahead and jump in with mine. I just picked another uh, another actress. It was around the same time. At first, when I looked at her, I was like, oh, she's in Stranger Things. Then I realized I don't know that she is in Stranger Things, actually. But uh, she was in the movie It. I, For some reason in my head, sometimes I'm like, oh, those are all kids from Stranger Things. <laughs> I mean, there are some, yeah. There's some overlap. Um, but yeah, I don't believe she was in that. And her name is Sophia Lillis. I think I've actually used her before. Oh, Sophia Lillis. Okay, so there's Sophia Sink in um, uh, Stranger Things, but I don't remember. Yeah. Okay, I've definitely seen her looking at um, looking for actresses before. Okay, but yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of all right. Good actress. She's been in a lot of stuff. Um, she's about the right age. That's that's uh, that's all you need. Yep. All right, who is your or who did your Deb become? My Deb became Diego because Hilly and Deb are friends. I needed someone who could play with friends with my Hayden slash uh, Hawk from Cobra Kai. So I went back to the Cobra Kai well, <laughs> and I'm cool with that. And I've 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 Cast this guy before, um, but I don't care. He's, he's solid. I uh, want the guy who plays Miguel, the main kid in Cobra Kai, with Zolo Maradona. Okay, uh, I've heard nothing yeah. but good things about him. So, yeah, yeah, he's solid. Yeah. I want to, I want to see him in, in more stuff down the line. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to Max. Adam, who is your Max? All right, my Max, who is one of the villains or one of the bullies. My Max became a Mia or a Maya. I would say Maya, sure. This actress, she's young. She's done on some like uh, like a Disney show or a Disney esque show called Stuck in the Middle, and she was a uh, played the younger Jane in Jane the Virgin show. But she's been in plenty of stuff. Her name is Jenna Ortega. Was my Maya slash Max? Uh, I mean, you could just keep the name Max because they could just be yeah. Short Max for, totally could fit for Maxine or whatever. Yeah, Maxine, exactly. That totally fits. I mean, she was in Iron Man three, but I don't really remember her from that. Yeah, vice president's daughter yeah. is her role in that. Whatever one. Okay. that is, um, gorgeous woman. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure she'd be great. Yeah, she could be a good bully. Yeah, why not? Girls are mean. Girl, yeah, exactly. She plays. She looks like she could be a mean girl. I'm sure she's sweet, yeah. but she could be a mean girl. Uh, I went with a uh, actor who also uh, kind of comes from the Disney well. Uh, has been in a lot of stuff, mostly in the Henry Danger series and the Danger Force series. And I think he's still kind of doing the Disney thing, but it'd be fun to see him play kind of a, a jerk. Um, I don't know him too well, but he does have a pretty good look for him. His name is Jace Norman. Oh, yeah. Good looking kid. I could totally see him kind of being a fratty douche. Cool. Uh, or kind of that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. Ian, all right. Well, I'll go ahead and jump in with my Ian. I actually initially went with this guy for Chet, and then I moved him to Ian because ah. um, I just think I think he's got – not that I found a better Chet, but for some reason I was like, you know what? I think I like him better as Ian than I do as Chet. Um, but it's an actor I've used a few times before, and he's about the right – he's a little bit older. I mean, he's in his 20s now, but I think uh, you know he, he's played high school age kids before. And he's played kind of jerks before. I went with uh, Billy himself, Decker Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He, I could see him being a good Chet as well, but maybe he is like right at the same age. Plus, he kind of looks age. like Robert Downey Jr. a little bit. He, he kind of does. Yeah, yeah, I like that call. The, guy, the guy's great. Okay. Uh, all right, who is your Ian, and who did they become? My Ian became Ivy. I don't know. Sure. sure. Some... some female lead. Um, I went with an actress who I liked from a show that I was definitely a fan of uh, called The Goldbergs. And she played one of the girlfriends on the show for uh, a hot minute. Um, Her name is Natalie Allen Lind. I mean, I just, I remember liking her stuff. She's cute. I could see her kind of being like a little, maybe like a sorority bully kind of thing. Um, She was in that gifted show, which didn't last very long uh, and some other stuff, but I, I particularly like her in in the Goldbergs as Dana, and so yeah, she's uh, she's solid. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't really know her work, but uh, she, it looks like she's done some sci-fi. She was in uh, yep. Big Sky, which I think was kind of sci-fi. Uh, she was in The Gifted. Yeah, she's got a good look. I think she'll play, play she'll play all, well off of uh, your uh, Maya or Maxine or whoever you mm-hmm. however you choose to call her. <laughs> yeah, I think that works fine. Take it. Uh, all right, now we're kind of really getting into the bigger uh, characters. Chet. Adam, who did you pick as your Chet? So my Chet becomes Chelsea, and it's the older sister of uh, my Wyatt. I, I, I This person has played an older sister before and kind of a bitchy older sister before, so I thought it could work well. Probably the biggest name out of any of my people here, but, you know, Bill Paxton was the biggest name out of any of them there. <laughs> it's true. So I think it fits well. My Chelsea is Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones and X-Men. I think she could play kind of like that bitchy older sister. I like that call. Okay, I really cool. like that call. She's she's old enough to be like she's past college and kind of she can be that kind of a little bit older kind of uh, person as needed. But um, yeah, and she she can have the bitch vibes pretty, pretty quick and pretty good. Yeah. Uh, am I the only I feel like I'm the only person. That was completely annoyed with Sansa Stark from beginning to end. Like even <laughs> even throughout the parts when she was kind of becoming, I was still like annoyed as shit with with her character. When you know when she was learning from uh, Littlefinger and kind of like you know becoming you know her own and said, yeah, she's still kind of annoying. I think the only part when you weren't was when you felt bad for her when she was uh, the prisoner of. Um, Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, and that's about it. That was pretty much it. But like when she was going through the stuff with like Littlefinger, you're like, you're meant to feel bad about him. And in my whole thought, I'm like, this whole shit is your fault. If you had yeah. shut the fuck up, <laughs> none of this shit would have happened. True. Or at least you would have been able to get away. But Jesus. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, fair. I'm going to rant that's on that if fair. we don't uh, go away. Uh huh. All right. So for my chat, I also went with a Brit. Who okay. I actually don't know if he can do an American. I'm banking on him being able to do American accent because I don't know whether or not he can. But he plays or played. I'm actually not sure what the status of the show is. A really good bully in a British show that I watched for a little bit 
called Sex Education. His name is Connor Swindells. Okay. I remember you telling me about Sex Education. I haven't kept up with it, but uh, the first season I really did enjoy. Oh, wow. Even his picture, he's kind of got like that low-cut haircut. Almost military vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely cool with that one. Yeah, he's got a good look. I'm just I'm hoping we can we can get the the American accent going. Yeah, okay. Cool. Uh all right. Let's move on to quite Do you want to do Lisa last or do we want to go ahead and do her now? Um cuz I I don't know. To me, Lisa's the most important character in this. I am good with doing Lisa at any time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can we can save her. To all the right, end. let's save her to the end because I feel like that's going to be the most thing that we have to discuss okay. uh, over this. All right, so let's go ahead to well, we did Chet. Let's go ahead to his uh, brother Wyatt. Yep. Uh, all right, so uh, my Wyatt is becoming a Winnie or something like that. So I went with uh, someone who has helped lead one of her own shows. I think it was a Disney show. I can't remember, but uh, it's just kind of proven that she has been able to. Um, uh, she could. Be a I don't know I don't remember if she was a sister in that one maybe not but um, I never watched the show because I had no reason to watch Girl Meets World at all <laughs> but she was uh, the main you know girl in Girl Meets World her name is Rowan Blanchard she was also in the Goldbergs she yeah she was for a short bit a smaller character but um, yeah Wrinkle in Time as well uh, because she can do comedy stuff leading Girl Meets World I think I could probably feel comfortable with her in in a Wyatt role yeah yeah I'm not overly familiar with her so I'm just gonna have to go on on what you say but she, she's got the creds probably looks good all right cool so I I did not gender swap anything um, but I also was thinking okay Wyatt's a little bit of a nerd I need to go with somebody who's probably played a nerd this is not exactly a show that uh, I've really watched however I like the look of this kid I think it would work I also pulled him from the Goldbergs. His name is Sean Jambrone. Yeah, he's he plays Adam. He yes. plays the uh, main kid. Yes. He's he definitely a nerd in that show. And they actually did an episode kind of like homaging Weird Science at one point. Oh. Because he fit, I mean, the Goldbergs is set in the 80s, and he does a good job of making you feel like he appreciates the 80s. Even as an acting kid, he might not give a shit about right. it. I think that's a fantastic call, actually. Cool. Like a like spot-on great call. Cool. I nailed that one. Uh, yep. All right, uh, Gary. I'll go ahead and jump in with my Gary. Gary could be left wide open, so I just kind of mm-hmm. went back to a, a kid that um, I know works because he's on Stranger Things. and uh, <laughs> Finn Wolfhard or Noah Shep or someone else? I went with someone else. I actually went with Caleb McLaughlin. Caleb McLaughlin. He's a good one, too. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, those, those Stranger Kids... Uh, I mean, they're at the right age now, so... Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They're all in their late teens. I mean, before we know it, they're going to be playing little kids, and they're going to be, like, 24. Yeah, exactly. Although I believe... I did... I don't know if I heard this right, but I believe the next season of Stranger Things is meant to be the last one. Okay. I mean, I think that makes sense, because they're getting getting too old, and they can't continue it. So, like, end it while it's hot. I don't know if that's true, but I think I remember hearing that that's what they were going to do. All right, who is your Gary? Uh, My Gary, I also wanted to... Um, add some, you know, not just an all-white cast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because John Hughes is good at casting all-white people. But we'll we'll uh, make it a little bit more diverse here. My only problem with my casting, I actually wanted the actress who played her younger sister in the show Blackish. I've 
cast pretty much everybody from Blackish before because <laughs> I love that show. Um, and so I was going to originally do Marseille Martin as a Wyatt, mm-hmm. but she's 15. Uh. And so that's when I got to my head like, do I want to have a sex comedy led, led with females? This is feeling weird, me having to put right. that into that situation. So that's when I shifted it to older. And so I initially then went to her older sister who uh, plays... Yeah, who plays Zoe, uh, Marseille Martin's oldest, the uh, oldest, the oldest of the kids in Blackish, and she spun off her own show, Grownish, and so she is very good on her own, leading a show. Um, we've cast her before. I think I have. I think you have as well. My only problem is she's really good at playing like a cool character because she is beautiful and she mm-hmm. seems like she would be cool. Could she play the nerd? I'd hope so. She's an actress. Mm-hmm. Maybe she can get it down. So I went with Yara Shahidi. Okay. Yep. Definitely used her before. Yeah. Good call for this, I think. And okay. uh, cool. good logic on your part for like, I, <laughs> I really should switch this. Yeah. It just made the most sense. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about our Lisa. Adam, I really want to know uh, what has Lisa become and who did you choose for it? You know, I, I went, I think, on the nose, real on the nose with this one. My Lisa became a Luke. I When I think of... You know, you have to have somebody who's a little bit older because Kelly LeBrock and Vanessa Angel, like they were definitely like, you know, in their 30s or whatever, you (laughs) know, because they're like this ideal older person, uh, the sexual being. And when I think of kind of, you know, women at least slightly younger in my generation or around my generation and younger, who do they see as like the ultimate sex symbol? Maybe it's because he was a high school basketball player on the Disney shows, but ultimately the guy is cut and he looks really good. I went with Zac Efron as my Luke. That's a that's a standout call. I mean, who, yeah. who else? What right are, on the yeah, nose. What are the guy going to use? Yeah, and the and has become I think a surprisingly good actor in his time. I see you see him in comedy stuff and he's pulling it out. You see him in drama stuff, he pulls it out. It kind of he's kind of that person similar enough with um. Channing Tatum, where I hated Channing Tatum at first because he's just like, oh, this douchey dance movie guy, and he looks so good. But then it's like you see him in like 21 Jump Street or other stuff, and you're like, oh, you're actually funny, (laughs) and you seem maybe down to earth, and and Zac Efron is very similar, and then you're also gorgeous and have six-pack and everything. Now you hate him more. (laughs) You hate him more, but you also respect him. Exactly. All right, so for, for my Lisa, I had a really hard time with this. Because there are aspects of both uh, Kelly LeBrock and Vanessa Angel's characters that I liked, I really liked. I can't. I believe Vanessa Angel had a British accent. I can't even remember if she did. She did. She totally British. She did. Accent. Yeah. But it's to me, it was more apparent in Kelly LeBrock. Ah, uh, and yeah. so I wanted to keep with that because it, it really one it differentiates her. Oh, maybe she didn't. Oh shit, maybe she. Now you got me confused. Now I don't know if Vanessa Angel did. Yeah, so now accent. now I'm like I really didn't pay <laughs> enough attention to that part. Yeah. But I really wanted that British accent cuz one it really differentiate her from uh, any of the other characters. Um yeah. but I had a hard time finding a younger British actress with the look that I wanted for uh-huh. this. Um and who would also have kind of the basically the sensuality that you needed. So I went with an actress who is older. She's in her 30s now. She might actually be almost 40. She looks young enough, though. I don't think it really matters. Um, I mean, I think they said Kelly LeBrock's character was meant to be like 23 uh, oh, in the movie. She looked older than that. Yeah. So I don't think it really matters since she's the, you know, made to be the ideal woman. But this this girl's got the sensuality. She's got the the voice to make it sound sexy. And she's been sexy in a lot of the things I've seen her. I went with Natalie Dormer. 
Oh, yeah. I like that. She does have that yeah, good accent. And she is, yes, very, very sexy. And she's actually, well, in Game of Thrones, we saw her um, have to seduce a, a, a boy king in that one. <laughs> she can seduce younger boys in this one, too. Uh, but she is, she is gorgeous. I like that call. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not necessarily saying that Natalie Dormer is my ideal woman, but <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I'm saying uh, if I made her in a computer, I might use her likeness. <laughs> It'd be pr- be pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Yep. Uh, all right, that was our recasting of Weird Science. Please join us next time as we are joined by Golden Girl patron Stephen Wilhelm and we talk the Alanis Morissette album, Jagged Little Pill. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get